Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their world. Now here's your host, Dale Dixon. Leading others. Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, joined by Ron Price, and we're recording these with video for thecompleteleader.org and as a companion to all of the fantastic content that's on that website that uh, goes along with the book and also make uh, made available wherever you listen to podcasts. Ron, great to see you. Good to see you again, Dale, also. I've always enjoyed our conversations. These are fun and and a bit of a reboot and a restart for 2021, and we're talking about leadership, and you see leadership really uh, three distinct areas. So why don't we do a quick recap before we jump into the conversation today around leading others? Yeah, I, I don't. there must be something about the way my mind works that I always see things in threes because... We could actually have um, four different leadership conversations about different three different dimensions or kinds. But what we've been talking about is that most people early in their career, um, they don't think of themselves as a leader because they may not have been given supervisory responsibility. But part of what I've come to believe is that anytime you can influence others or you can influence an outcome, that's an act of leadership. So early in our career, the way that we normally influence outcomes or others is by how we manage ourselves. It's by what we get done, our ability to make and fulfill commitments and to do work with excellence so that it's uh, appreciated and valued by others. But at some point, as our career develops, a lot of us come to this bridge where we're given the opportunity to cross that bridge and begin to lead others, not just lead ourselves. And not everybody chooses to cross that bridge, and I'm not sure that everybody should. Sometimes, for instance, somebody who's a brilliant scientist who finds all of their enjoyment in their own individual pursuit of discovery, they might not be happy supervising others. And yet, then there are some scientists that could do both. But for most of us, uh, we're not scientists, and we do reach this stage in our career where we're asked to lead others. In some organizations, it's with a real clear hierarchy and very clear authority and responsibility. And in a lot of organizations, it's not quite as clearly defined, but it's still there. So for instance, Dale, a lot of times when we work with entrepreneurs, we find that they prefer not to have an overly defined structure. It's more like we're all in this together, but yet still people are asked to work with others, to influence others and to lead others. So this is the second stage of what I think of as the uh, sort of the continuum of a person's career and how they begin to see a larger expression of their leadership. Mm. As I was reading through some of the notes you sent about this and thinking about the application and, and where I see it, it's often easy to gloss over this aspect because, of course, leadership involves leading others. Uh, you just would say naturally, but it really has struck me. Um, our kids are younger, but they've started to enter the workforce. And when they come home with stories and sometimes it is, they, those stories are of poor management um, from people just not thinking through what this idea of leading others really entails. So that's the focus of our, of our conversation today. What does leading others really entail? And, Lead us, lead us into that. 
because it does seem pretty simple on the face, but it is not. Yeah, I, I think as the preface to that, I'll just comment that we would never imagine asking somebody to engineer a new product without them developing the skills of engineering. So they, they go through years of training and learning what it means to be an engineer. And then they usually go through some kind of an apprenticeship where they're not the senior engineer. And if they keep working at it, eventually they become the engineer that's in charge. I don't understand why we don't think of leadership skills the same way, where you, you actually have a set of skills that you have to learn. And, and that's really a lot of what we've attempted to do through the complete leader the book and the website and now the Complete Leader community is to give people a place that they can go and, and get a better understanding of both the framework and the specific practical skills that you learn to succeed. So I suspect that part of the challenge with your children coming home from work and having bad experiences with leadership is that those poor people who are leading didn't understand that there's actually a way to learn how to do this and what they're left with is just sort of doing it by instinct or doing it based on how they've been led in the past or what kind of a family upbringing they have. And what I contend is that when you cross this bridge from leading yourself to leading others, there's a new set of skills that you have to learn. And a lot of people don't know that. And they cross the bridge using the same skills they develop for leading themselves. Now, that might sound a little bit strange, Dale, but the way that I lead myself in terms of managing my time and priorities, the way that I develop my ability to achieve goals, the way that I think about being flexible and resilient, those people need to have that too, but it's not the way I lead them. The way I lead them is by another set of skills that has to do with how you work with people. So there's some of these that are quite obvious. There are a cluster of skills that we could say have to do with communicating effectively. If you're gonna lead other people well, you have to develop some communication skills. But there's another set of skills that I would describe as um, understanding or how, understanding who people are and how to develop them or how to coach them. So in order to do this, we have to let go of the assumption that everybody learns the way that we do or that everybody brings to their job the same traits or tendencies that we do. We have to become excuse me, we have to become somewhat of a psychologist, maybe not in the technical sense, but we think of skills around understanding and evaluating others. Not everybody that you lead is going to be equal in their ability to do the work that you ask them to do. So how can you distinguish between those who are naturally good at that work, who've already developed skills for that work, and those who will never be good in that kind of work that you may be assigning? So we have communication, we have this idea of understanding and organizing others. We, I think really when you get into leading others, oftentimes it brings into play the importance of understanding how to manage larger projects where you have multiple moving parts and multiple people. And inevitably it has to do with persuading people or managing conflict or negotiating through agreements so that you get the best results, both for you and the people that you're leading. These are a whole different set of skills that you don't learn when you're just learning how to lead yourself. So if we're gonna cross that bridge successfully, we have to recognize it's time to go back to school. It's time to start learning a new set of skills. So if you were to prioritize and say that, um for that new, I'm going to say the new manager who's, who's listening to this and saying, okay, 
you just listed off a number of skills that I need from communication to persuasion, um, understanding people. Um, where do we start with that for that new manager who's working on growing their leadership skills, his or her leadership skills? I think in, in the book, The Complete Leader, we have 12 of these skills all clustered together and we begin with empathy. By empathy, we mean being able to understand the other person, being able to understand their context, being able to understand their experience, and having understood that, learning how to use it in an effective way, both for you and them. But I'm going to back up and say that probably the best place to start in developing skills and working with other people comes from understanding your current context. What is it that you're facing right now? What is it that you need to get done right now? And which skills are going to help you in leading other people doing that? So um, one that I often see that people don't really take the time to develop as a true skill. And you remember, I talk about a skill as what you practice in between the learnings. So it's not what, you, what I learned when I went to my piano lessons. It's what I developed as a skill in between the piano lessons when I practiced every day. So this first one that I think of that is actually a combination of the skills that we write about in The Complete Leader is effective delegation. Effective delegation is not just dumping work on somebody else so that you don't have to take care of it. Effective delegation is not um, telling somebody what to do and then micromanaging them, telling them every way how to do it. Effective delegation is the ability to expand your impact as a leader by working as part of a team and by leading a team. And so I think of five specific uh, subsets to effective delegation that we learn. The first and most important one is that you make sure that you delegate to the right person. Do they have the time? Do they have the ability? Do they have the motivation? Are you really giving it to the person who has the greatest chance of making both of you successful? Second step to effective delegation is being very clear and specific in your expectations. Have you given them enough detail of what outcomes you're looking for and any kind of boundaries or parameters that you want them working within? And of course, we could spend a lot more time than just this podcast uh, delineating everything that that means. The third step is providing a way for regular, accurate feedback. So how are you doing? What's, what are you doing well? What, what should you learn more? What am I happy about? Where do I want to praise you? Where, where do I, I realize I didn't give you clear expectations or where may you not be applying the right amount of wisdom or motivation? The fourth step is managing what I call the relationship between the resources you're making available and the results that you expect. So resources can be how much time you have given them to get the work done. It can be other equipment or software, other tools that you've given them or other people that you've given them to help get the work done. And I call that managing stress for optimal impact because actually stress is our friend if it is incremental enough that it keeps us getting better. And stress becomes our enemy if it becomes overwhelming and it takes away all of our energy and our motivation. And then the fifth and the final part of delegation is to always remember that this is a human being you're working with. It's not a machine. It's not something that you just oil and adjust. It's, it's a human being. So you always have to remember that human beings are dynamic. They are both logical and emotional. They're always asking what's in it for me. So it has to be mutually beneficial. These are all factors. 
So these five things are what I think of when I think about developing delegation as a skill. And I can tell you as a delegator, I have to keep practicing it to do it well. I've known those five steps for decades now, but to do it well, I have to keep practicing and working on how I get better as an effective delegator so that I'm effectively leading other people. And it's also one of those tough things because uh, delegation being tough in that I'll just do it and get it done myself. I know a lot of entrepreneurs say that I'll, I'm going to do it myself because that's the way to get it done right. And so thinking about those five steps and who's going to be best able to do the job because they have the skill set, because they have the motivation are important. Do you remember um, how you, how you put effective delegation into play, into place uh, what, as you were starting off in your career, what that looked like? Yeah, I can remember doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and when I say doing it wrong, it, I just wanted to get something done. And I was looking for more hands. I was looking for more time. So I'm just going to give it somebody to somebody to get it done. And I did that for a long time. I, I really thought that's what delegation was. But it's not really leading others in a way that you're proud of. What I began to recognize was that if I understood that this project has needs, that whatever the work is that needs to be done, it has needs that could actually be met better by somebody who's different from me instead of the same as me. So I began to think of delegation as sort of like putting a team together where you're looking for different roles, for different contributions, and you're not just trying to get a burden off of your shoulders. You're not just dumping. So when, it, when I really began to see it change was when I began looking for people who would be better than me at some part of the work that needs to be done. And as a result of me recognizing that they were going to be better than me, I realized that my job was to give them direction about outcomes, but then to let them have more influence in how that work got done and to listen to them and to let them increase my understanding of what excellence looked like instead of me being the purveyor of excellence, me being the person who always defined what it was. What a huge transformation that was for me, Dale. When delegation was no longer about, I'm the smartest person in the room, and so I want everybody to do what I think. And I began to realize delegation is much more collaborative. It's about me finding people who are actually going to be better than me, and then me leading them by providing the framework, the outcomes, the resources, the feedback, and the connections that will help them succeed. When you said delegate in a way you would be proud of delegating, that's that's big. I was gonna say, let's unpack that just a little bit so that it's not something, it's, delegation is not just getting something off your plate, but doing it in a way that's really effective and is um, something you can be proud of. You can look in the mirror after you've delegated and said, I did that the right way. Yeah, it's it, part of it's my age. And I think as you get older, you, you naturally become more reflective. But I think that looking forward into my career, I was always focused on results. I was always focused on, are we going to hit this sales goal? Or are we going to get this book published? It was always outcomes that I cared about and that I was driving for. And I, I'm not sure that that was wrong. But as I get toward the end of my career and I look back, I realize what I care about now is how we did it the process we went through, the relationships that we built, 
the times of joy that we had together, those are much more lasting memories for me. The results that we got are, are only a representation of what we experienced and how we got those results. So great, wise leaders recognize that yes, results are important, but how you get there and what it reflects about you as a human being and, and how it demonstrates the values that you want to be known for as a leader is a much, much more lasting memory. I, I know I run into people now because of social media that I haven't seen or talked to for 20 or 30 or 40 years. And it's so fascinating to me that none of them ever tell me about what we got done together. They always comment about how we did it and what it meant to our relationship and how we did it. So I'm not trying to diminish the results. I'm just saying they're not the whole thing. And in the end, we care much more about how. So as we move to um, wrap this up, let's let's finish on this idea of developing others because um, you alluded to it as you were going through that list. But part of effective delegation is growing those people uh, to whom you're delegating. Yeah, and again, I, we have 12 different skills in the complete leader, but I'm gonna try to summarize those into major themes. First is becoming a master communicator and keeping in mind that communicating is both speaking and listening and that you ultimately are not the most effective speaker until you've become an effective listener. So it's communicating. Secondly, it's recognizing and developing potential in others. It's a very important part of leading others. A third thing is learning how to navigate and resolve problems that come up in working with others. And then a fourth thing I think would be that ultimately what makes you a great leader of others is when you find more joy in helping them recognize and pursue their potential than in just feeding your resume or padding your resume. At some point, what makes you a great leader in leading others is when you care more about their success than yours. And, and you kind of have to grow into that. I think that somebody who starts there is probably naive and is going to get taken advantage of a lot. But you grow into it because you find your own happiness and your own success and you realize there's something even better that's helping other people to be successful. So those are the big themes. And then inside of those, we have all of these individual skills that include things like understanding and evaluating others and presenting skills, writing skills. Uh, influencing others or persuading them, negotiation, conflict management, teamwork, even customer focus. That's a part of how we help lead others as well. So these are the individual skills that fit into these big categories. All right. So for the next podcast, we are going to be talking about um, making big decisions. Give us a little preview of that. This is another bridge that we cross as we continue our leadership career. Um, and that is that at some point, if you keep growing in your organization responsibilities, you have more and more authority and more and more responsibility for where the organization's going in the future. And now the decisions that you make are going to impact a lot of people. They don't just impact you. They don't just impact your team. The impact sometimes up to millions of people, depending on the organization that you're in. So we're going to be talking about this move to developing a new set of skills around decision making so that those decisions that you make continue to build the kind of joy in your leadership experience that you're seeking. 
Fantastic. All right, Ron Price. Folks want to contact you. The email address is Ron, R-O-N, at price-associates.com. You can also learn more about Ron and uh, his practice at price-associates.com. Also, check out the Complete Leader website, thecompleteleader.org for more episodes of this podcast and a host of other resources connected to the book, The Complete Leader. Yeah, and, and Dale, not only do we have the video version of these podcasts on the website, but when people become a member in the Complete Leader community, we have three live programs every month that they can participate in. Some of those are book studies. Some of them are conversations about leadership challenges. Um, some of them are just talking to experts that we really admire. And then they also have access to over 700 resources on the website that include videos, these podcasts, articles, other things as well. So a big part of what I'm doing in the, the last chapter of my career is wanting to build this community of people with shared interest and shared values. And our listeners can find out more about that by going to thecompleteleader.org or org. Fantastic. Thank you for that. Ron Price, this is the Complete Leader Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and your favorite podcast playing app. Also rate and review the podcast. Uh, hopefully we have earned five stars from you and write a quick review that always helps it show up higher in the search results when people are out looking for leadership material in the podcast space. We definitely appreciate that. The Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high performing leader. Thanks for listening to the Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online, thecompleteleader.org.